From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And yes, my friends, after a very wacky news week, uh, I'm very happy to be finally here on Friday, which means it's WTF Friday! <laughs> Yes, my friends, it is definitely Friday, and I'm so glad we finally made it to the end of the week. It's been a rough one, uh, certainly in the news. I've had to deal with my own sort of uh, rough go of it, having to deal with uh, <clears throat> some unfortunate uh, health issues, but I'm still not giving up, and I'm glad to be doing another WTF Friday for y'all and believe you me it is anything but calm now of course the big news item of the week was the ouster of Kevin McCarthy as speaker of the house with uh, eight Republicans voting along with the Democrats to uh, well pretty much give him the boot now of course <clears throat> pardon me the revenge porn tour of the GOP establishment has been in full swing. We've had people like Newt Gingrich uh, call the eight that uh, voted to oust McCarthy as traitors. Uh, I'm sorry, but you are definitely wrong, Mr. Speaker, on that one to call them traitors. I mean, come on. You're the guy who brought us the contract with America. You're a historian and you're and you have the mantle of a statesman. But yet, you're going to call these people traitors just because you ha just because they had to deal with a speaker of the house who had major league integrity issues? I'm ser I mean and yes, of course. The uh, the letters that are going around uh, Capitol Hill to expel Gates and the other seven, uh, to expel them from the GOP conference, and so on and so forth. That's stupid. And now, here we are with two major players in the Republican conference vying for speaker. Uh, Steve Scalise, the House Majority Leader, and Jim Jordan, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee uh, from Ohio. Now, this really blows my mind. Now, under most circumstances, I would agree with Jim Jordan. Uh, and, and President Trump has uh, not, didn't want to get involved in it, so he just said, hey, I'll endorse Jordan. Okay, but here's my problem with this. And this is Jim Jordan, uh, I believe, last night on Sean Hannity's program. And I, I want to play what he said 
uh, to Sean. If you're elected speaker, you will have 15 months to prove to the Republican uh, caucus uh, and conference uh, how good a job you do. And then in January 2025, you will hopefully be up for re-election if you win to be speaker again. That would be your vote of confidence. Where do you stand on this one member motion to vacate, triggered by any one member, which means anytime it's triggered, all other business right. in the House stops. Uh, should that threshold be raised? Yeah, our conference, it's been loud and clear the feedback I get from our conference. Our conference wants to change that. I'm for changing that, but we got to have 218 Republicans to do it because that is actually a House rule, and you got to be able to go to the floor of the House and change that. I'm for doing that if we have 218. I don't want to go to the Democrats and make that change because they're going to want all kinds of things. So let's work as a unit and deal, deal with the problems we see in this country as a unit so we can stop where the left wants to take us. And, and will there be all these other votes of members have been talking about term limits, etc., etc., etc. We brought up we brought up term limits in, in, in the committee last week and had a vote on that legislation in the committee last week. Yeah, we need to do all that, Sean. But in 40 days, the stopgap spending measure runs out. We have to have a plan as a conference again. When we elect our new speaker, we have to have a plan that 218 of us support on how we're going to deal with that. How are we going to deal with when we get to November? We can't have the same thing unfold that unfolded last week. So I think that we have to look at another stopgap measure that would kick in the 1% cut. There's legislation in place right now that says if we have a CR, a continuing resolution that goes into next year, there's an automatic 1% cut that takes place. There's nothing like a cut to spending that focuses politicians' attention. So we need that threat hanging there to be leveraged for us to get the policies you just talked about. The policies where we can win on the border issue, on the crime issue, on inflation. That's what, but that's the only way this town can operate is when there's that, when there's that kind of leverage and there's that kind of deadline hanging there where real cuts are going to happen that we can actually get people to focus and get our work done. So that's what I think we have to do in order to deal with what's coming in 40 short days. Oh my goodness. Okay. Did I just hear Jim Jordan running for Speaker of the House talk about another continuing resolution? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up a minute. The fact that we had this 45-day continuing resolution which ends on November 17th is was the straw that broke the camel's back for the eight Republicans who said uh-uh no we're not going for a continuing resolution we need to do what McCarthy promised and he squandered his opportunity I mean it is law actually 12 separate appropriations bills and a budget. That has been the law of the land for decades. And yet, living day, session by session on continuing resolutions, omnibus bills, and so forth, uh-uh. No, I, that's my problem with, with Jordan. Because not only is he talking about another CR, which is like, uh-uh, that's kind of how the, uh, this whole thing started. And now, <laughs> and I'm, talk I'm talking about 
you know, we're we're going to try to with this cuts and everything. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa the one percent cuts. Wait a minute, dude, you have forty days, forty days, and yet you're the this week. You know, after the shock, you know, uh, the the interim speaker McHenry sent everybody home for the week, and now they're going to come back and you know, okay, elect the speaker next week. So I'm just kind of going. First of all, that's kind of a waste. You're wasting time. You're absolutely wasting time. We're now forty. 40 days or so from another mess, another train wreck. Seriously. And you want to talk about, oh yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I'm like, and yes, you have Trump's endorsement, but yet, uh, okay. So, uh, so now I'm kind of like scratching my head again. So wait a minute, if you're going to basically continue the same sort of policy, the same sort of attitude, and of course all the revenge porn by the uh, rest of the conference, you know, by McCarthy's allies and disciples and (laughs) whatever else, you know, expulsion of Gates and the other seven, I said, no, 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 sorry. If that's going to be sort of allowed, if this is going to be sort of the new standard operational procedure, uh, no. This only tells me that I am, I was right in saying uh, no more of the GOP. I, I can't deal with it. We, we, as a nation, we can't deal with it. So yeah, so now interestingly enough, here's, <laughs> but I, I gotta, I gotta do this, but Steve Bannon, I love Steve Bannon on this one. Uh, here's what he pretty much had to say after watching uh, that interview with Jim Jordan. Yo, 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 bro, bro, it's Friday, 6 October, your overlord 2023, yo. Leverage, deadlines, let me think about this for a second, because Jim Jordan, let me get my number two pencil out. Um, Brother Jordan, debt ceiling, that was the big one. If memory serves me correctly, I don't think you were totally with us on that, number one. Number two, the CRs, right? The CRs. Did I just hear... First off, the motion to vacate is non-negotiable. You remember, when you hear all this talk and the unions united party to it, you got to get to 218, you got to get to 218, you got to get to 218. <clears throat> you see this right here? You see the morning New York Times and how you control all the narratives and all the stories. You're the stability. This, your political power, your political power. You need instrumentality to have that in negotiation. You need instrumentality. You need forcing functions. You need deadlines when they need to come to you for something. Command by negation. You negate what they want. You don't have to have a majority to do that, but you've got to be locked solid 
We should have a majority. You should have a vast majority. If you look at the, and it's a disgrace. I'm a southerner. Richmond, Virginia is my hometown. It's a disgrace. The southern congressional delegation of the Republican Party is, with a few exceptions, the most bagged and tagged establishment operation going. Wow. That's pretty rough. And I, and I can appreciate his thinking on this because I, too, a Southerner, fifth generation, uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I was born in that area. And it's just, oh, somebody help me. I mean, I never thought about that, uh, about the Southern Bloc. I never thought of that. But still, next week, the House comes back to vote for Speaker. And the new Speaker really has got to just... Ugh, they, they just... No, no. I Hang on a second. Let me rethink this. Because I think that what just happened is a shock to the system. It's a shock to the establishment. They didn't think that anything like this could happen, but it has. And now they want to talk about changing the motion to vacate rule. I say, uh-uh, leave it as is because this is going to be a lesson to the establishment and the uniparty that you need to keep in mind that that sort of Damocles over your head is a way to remind you, don't get crazy. Don't do it. And no, 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 no. That absolutely, positively will not go over well because whoever the next speaker is, be it Scalise, be it Jordan, be it somebody else, they're going to have to understand that the American people do matter. This is what the eight did, the eight Republicans. They listened to their constituents. They knew that they didn't, the constituents from these folks' districts didn't give one rat's ass about McCarthy and all these others. Hey, this is not this is not our speaker. He's not keeping his word and we expect you, we the constituents of your district expect you to keep your word. Just as the Republicans uh the MAGA Republicans were expect, expecting McCarthy to keep his word. But what really fascinated me about this vote, it was 216 to 210, okay? 216 to 210 with the eight Republicans voting with the Democrats. But what just bothered me was many of the same people who weren't happy with the debt ceiling deal and they voted against it but yet they voted to keep McCarthy in office. I'm going, hmm, 
Okay, so when push comes to shove, you know, they decided to uh, say, you know, we're going to be sticking with McCarthy, even though the man has just absolutely screwed over so many of the American people. So this whole nonsense about, well, it's, it's Matt Gates and all these others who are the problem. I said, mm-mm, nope, that's called Bush League. You're not willing to take responsibility for your screw-ups. You're the one you're the ones who wanted to keep McCarthy as speaker in spite of all the things that he's done to seriously screw over the American people. I I just wish that Republicans would finally sort of get the idea in their heads that there's only so much crap that the grassroots base is going to take. And when we've reached our limit, it's like, okay, we're done. See ya, bye, get out of here. Now, for, the, for so many in the GOP, who are just all PO'd and upset because your apple cart got blown up. Think about it. We have real issues, real problems. I mean, do I have to go down the list? 33 trillion in debt. I mean, it's even to the point now where the southern border, even Mayorkas admits there needs to be a wall. I'm like, why? Yuppo. <laughs> From justthenews.com. Headline, Mayorkas finally admits immediate need to, be, to build border wall amid search in illegal immigration. Alejandro Mayorkas is now saying Trump was right. Trump was right. I mean, it, it really had to get bad in order for a guy like Mayorkas to finally admit, uh, we need a wall. We need something to control all the border, the border mess. It's like, now granted, he's way the hell late, but he admitted that Trump was right. Now, I know for the left, that just doesn't really do anything except maybe jack up your blood pressure, but too bad. It's like, yes, reality finally hits. And bam, need to build a border wall. <laughs> this is crazy, but I love it. I, I absolutely love it because I just got to go, ah, crazy. But still, um, that, that, that's, it's kind of, it's sad and it's funny at the same time. You know, but now, and as far as, and I want to get back a little bit to Jim Jordan. Now, this is a story that I first saw in Newsweek, written by a gentleman named uh, William Arkin. But, oh my gosh, this blows my mind. And, and I'll tell you why. Now, this is from the National Pulse. 
and how they reported it, but the headline, the FBI is monitoring MAGA supporters in the run up to 2024. Now, this is disturbing enough, just reading this, and having to get it from a political correspondent for Newsweek, I mean, it was front page, but isn't this the same Jim Jordan who is the chair of the Subcommittee on Government Weaponization? Why did we have to get this information from a Newsweek, uh, from a Newsweek article rather than from your committee, sir? I mean, I'm serious. Uh, I mean, just, I'll read just a little bit of this. I mean, this is scary. This is more proof that our government, the DOJ, the FBI, and other agencies are weaponized against MAGA. I mean, and it took a Newsweek reporter to talk about this secret task force that's within the FBI going after Donald Trump supporters. And Donald Trump is just doing his thing. He's doing interviews, he's doing campaigning, he's doing whatever, but I just gotta read some of this from the National Pulse. The Federal Bureau of Investigations is weaponizing its resources to monitor supporters of former President Donald Trump, even creating a distinct category of domestic violent terrorists to target MAGA loyalists loyalist based on their political views. After January 6th, the FBI changed its definition of anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremism, known as AGAVE, or A-G-A-A-V-E, from the attempt to further ideological agendas, quote-unquote, to furtherance of political and or social agendas, quote-unquote which allowed Trump supporters to be labeled as a potential domestic terrorist threat due to their politics alone. Folks, hello? Yeah, this is why they are, this is why the deep state, the administrative state is scared spitless of Donald Trump and his supporters because in spite of the messed up indictments, in spite of all the crap that they've thrown at him, which is illegitimate at best and has more holes in it than Swiss cheese, I mean, he just spent three days in New York City at his fraud, at this supposed fraud trial. And there's Letitia James, the, the evil woman who's the Attorney General of New York State. And yes, I said evil. Too bad. Get over it. But yeah, she's there just watching, just giving him the evil eye and this nonsensical judge who is just old, worthless, and so far left, there's no way he's going to get any kind of a fair trial. None. And and not even a jury. Huh. Go figure that one. And all the other fascinating things that uh, <laughs> that came out during that trial, like the judge's 
uh, clerk happens to be the girlfriend of Schmucky Chucky Schumer. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, it's, the picture of them is out in the public domain. So, no. But yes, my friends, I try to tell people, you, you gotta watch out for this. You're, you're essentially targeted. I'm targeted. Anybody else who's a Trump supporter is targeted. This is not how it's supposed to work. Sorry, it's not. It's sad. It's very sad that our government is essentially a police state, which is interesting, seeing that is the name of Dinesh D'Souza's latest film that's going to be coming out. I mean, it is. We're, we are there. We're, we're not getting there. We are there. We are there. And just to make sure that you think I'm absolutely off of my rocker, well, here's... <laughs> check this out, folks. This is Hillary Clinton last night on CNN talking about some sort of... I mean, oh gosh. Uh, Deprogramming? Re-education camps type stuff? I'm going, what, what, what? This is off. This is totally CNN talking about deprogramming Trump supporters. Very, very strong partisans in both parties in the past. Uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. How do you okay, Hillary. Oh, once again, you can't get off the stage, but now formal deprogramming? That's wackadoodle enough, but honey, <laughs> no credibility whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I have to laugh at that because apparently uh, Hillary has not been watching the polls lately. No credibility? Huh? Uh, girlfriend, Trump is so far ahead in the Republican primary. I mean, 40, 50 points ahead in some polls. I mean, even here in Florida, Trump is 35 points ahead of DeSantis, the governor. Has no credibility? Sheesh. And of course, he's uh, Trump is beating uh, Biden in so many different polls. So, no credibility? 
I'm going, honey, I mean, what have you been smoking or drinking or whatever? Now, of course, she's been in, she, Hillary's being interviewed by Christiane Amanpour, you know, doesn't even blow, doesn't even flinch, really, when Hillary talks about formal deprogramming. I'm like, wait a minute, deprogramming? You know, it's like, yeah, because this, what cracks me up is there are leftists like Hillary, elitist to the core, crooked as the day is long, trying to tell us, you know, we, the Americans who are out there working hard and supporting Trump, that you are extremists, you are evil, and we need to deprogram you. I'm like, what the hell? What are you talking about, woman? That's nuts. I don't need to be deprogrammed. I mean, but this is tyranny. I mean, it might be some off-the-cuff remark, but when it comes to a person like Hillary Clinton, that's exactly what she and other elites feel. That seems to be the only way that they think they can stop Trump supporters. You know, we just put them away in re-education camps like they do in communist China. Oh, no, or maybe even way back in the days of the old Soviet Union, Stalinist Russia, putting away the dissidents. I, I don't know what's going on with that. But my God, people, that's just twisted. That is absolutely twisted. What on earth makes you think for one minute that I, as someone who does support Donald Trump and have ever since 2016, you know, and others who are coming along, especially in minority communities, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's interesting as all get out, but my gosh, people, <laughs> this is just too crazy even for me. You know, deprogram? De don't you try to deprogram me. It's like I can think for myself. And so can, Amer so can the American people. And this is why Trump is pretty much kicking ass all across the spectrum. I mean, he's got... <laughs> heck, he's even got inner city blacks supporting him. <laughs> who'd, who'd have thunk that? Who'd have thunk that? You know... And my you know, Hispanics, they're coming along. I mean, they they know and they're starting to figure out in greater, especially black folks, because they tend to be a little bit a little lagging behind in the polls when it comes to who are they going to support. But even inner city blacks, are, especially black men, are getting really sick and tired they know they've been played. They know they've been played by Biden. They don't, they realize things were much better under Trump than there were Biden. And they're, and they're figuring it out. Now, of course, there are those who are the real hardcore types who want to stay on the plantation and want to keep as many people, many blacks on the plantation but for those like myself who left, I mean, I left 30 years ago. I was gone. But my gosh, people, 
This is crazy. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next week. Uh, Trump is possibly considering a visit up to Capitol Hill. But, you know, let's see what happens. But I'll tell you what, if we don't get a speaker and the motion to vacate rule has to stay because whoever's going to be speaker needs to understand that they can be taken out just like McCarthy was if you're not going to do right by the American people. That's how it is. And it, that's how it needs to be. And for those who want to, oh, well, we had to change the rule. We have to change the rule. It's like, no, don't change the rule. Don't even, don't even consider it a negotiable. Because if you don't have any real accountability, you're no better than the Democrats. No better. So, yeah, I'm definitely for keeping the motion to vacate rule as is. And don't negotiate it away and try to sweep it under the rug. Because frankly, you know, if it means having to turf out in primary, some of y'all, I'm all for it. Because we can't afford it anymore. We can't afford the games. We just can't. And on the federal level, on the state level, no, no, no. We, we just don't have the time for this. We, we're sick of the corruption. We're sick of the games. We're sick of the backroom deals. We're sick of it. We need help now. Right now. And if you're not going to be serious about dealing with federal spending, and I mean real cuts, then don't go around playing the victim and just go, well, we can't do this and we have to have this. No. The time for mealy mouth conservatism is over. If you're going to care about the people, care about the people. Do the right thing by them and to heck with the lobbyists, to heck with the special interest groups because if you don't do it, we're going to fix it for you. And if you got a problem with that, have a problem with it. But if you're going to be elected and you want to keep your ever-loving precious congressional seat, then you need to start getting with the program of the American people, not the D.C. Uniparty cartel. That's how that works. And with that in mind, uh, my friends, I'm just going to call it a day, call it a week, and thank you so much for listening. Always, I encourage you to subscribe to uh, to the podcast. Uh, we can be found on all podcast platforms, big, small, and in between. And if you want to send us any type of questions or comments, uh, simply just go to inblackandright at gmail.com or you can go to our website inblackandright.net. So for now, my friends, take care. Have a fantastic weekend. I hope you uh, have a safe one. Have some fun. Uh, uh, looks like I will be back on Monday. And, with, and in the meantime, God bless. And always remember that patriots come in all colors. <laughs>